What's up, guys? This is the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, and you are listening to the one, the only, Wrestle In. Hello and welcome. This is Flight of Five, a podcast where myself and a guest discuss our top fives in wrestling. I am your host, Ryan Dilbert, the king of getting predictions wrong style. I'm joined today by our titan of trading cards, Adam. So glad to have you on, man. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you uh, inviting me onto this. This will be fun. Oh, uh, excellent. Um, and I think we have a topic that can go in so many different directions. I'm guessing this may be the first time that we've, we have no overlap between the two lists. It's quite possible, yes. So we'll see if we make um, some history here. Because there's just so many directions you could go. And I yeah. think... You know, our taste um, and what we watch are pretty different. So my blind spot may be something that you're better at and vice versa. Right. Yeah. As Um, as you mentioned, there's so many different ways we could go with this. And, you know, I just I just kind of thought of of everything my life together. Excellent. Um, And you always appreciate you represent Ring of Honor, our discord and on the site. (laughs) With your columns, you're always recommending matches and, and kind of previewing the cards, getting us pumped. Um, yeah. Final battle has happened, and now they're going on a hiatus, quote-unquote, till spring. I think you're yeah. the man to ask, um, what do you think is going to happen? Are they really coming back, or are they come, like, coming back halfway? Any thoughts on that? Mm, so, yeah, good question. Um, man, you're starting me off with the hard questions here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're fine. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful that they'll come back. Um, I want to be an optimist and say they will come back, but part of me says they won't. It'll be a situation like uh, 2001 WCW. Now, am I saying Ring of Honor is WCW by any stretch of the imagination? No, but I'm saying the situation is comparable to where you know WCW was like back and or whatever with that big bang show but they never came back and same here with ring of honor right. to say yeah we'll be back in the spring with the supercard of honor in dallas but who knows and then what is that going to look like if they do come back is going to have mostly non-contract actually it probably will have all non-contracted talent mm-hmm. um since they did away with all all of that um yeah. and you're gonna have probably up-and-coming indie stars and stuff on it i'm sure you'll have some returning some people returning um Will they stick around for the long haul? Most likely not. Um, but I think it's going to be a situation where you're going to have like a mix of, you know, GCW people, PWG, um, maybe like one-off appearances from people, maybe an Impact or what have you. So essentially, it's going to be like an indie promotion run by a media conglomerate. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, solid prediction, um, and better than the. You know, the pessimist side of me says that they're just not coming back. There were a lot of kind of goodbyes vibes in the in the final battle. Yeah. Also, but- also they brought in new guys and new stories. So you're like, is this a goodbye or is this a see you later? Yeah, yeah. It's and at the end of the broadcast, you know, Ian Riccoboni, um, who I really recommend following on Twitter. He's fantastic. Um. You know, he said, we'll see you in April. So that's a little bit of optimism there. And then, you know, yeah. some other, and then 
their Twitter team that, uh, hey, you know, we'll see you in April or things like that. So hopefully they'll come back. Hopefully it's just not like them pulling the wool over our eyes. I'd like to hope not, but, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. But hopefully they come back. Mm. But if they don't, you know, Final Battle was a good way to go out. Yeah, it it would be really weird to have an American wrestling scene with no Ring of Honor. So um, I'm with you. Definitely hope so. Yeah. Um, our our topic today, guys, is our biggest blind spots in wrestling fandom. Um, in in wrestling is such a massive universe. It extends to different countries and different promotions and different time periods. It's really impossible to be an expert in all of them. Um, so we're looking at like the biggest stars or the or the biggest names that we know the least about. Um, and I made a prediction before we started. This may be the list. First time these two lists do not have any matching names. Um, so we'll see about that, Adam. Yeah, it's it's quite because I'm looking at my list right now and and all the other honorable mentions. I'm just like I I don't know if any I I yeah I had list, but I don't think anything that I came up with is probably going to be on it. I'm I could be wrong, but. I, w- I was thinking, like, very much all-encompassing. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, how, how did you approach putting the list together? Um, so, like I mentioned, I kind of thought of, like, the whole wrestling spectrum. So I thought of territories, I thought of promotions, I thought of different wrestling styles, um, even different wrestlers who I don't know much about. So um, I kind of went through everything kind of in my head, I, you know, spend i didn't spend like days and days and days on it but but i kind of taught my head like okay here are the who are the people i don't know much about or who what are the mm-hmm. things i don't know much about that i want to learn more about so that's where i'm coming from with this and what are the things i've heard on other podcasts like historical to cover historical wrestling or cover modern wrestling that i want more about too oh so things that like have piqued your interest and and you want to you want to study more up yeah, exactly. So, because there's there's a ton of stuff like in the world of wrestling this, that I don't know much about. So that's kind of what I, that's kind of how I approach this. It's like, what what topics do I want to learn more about? What do I mm-hmm. kind of want to do? You know, where do I want to start diving and researching some of this stuff? For sure. I mean, that's one of the things I love about wrestling. Like, you know, you you follow a promotion, you follow a certain thing, and then someone says, "Hey, have you checked out the Australian?" promotion and you're like no and then you could jump into that world and then you're there and you and you see a, a wrestler you don't know and then you can learn about them and, and there's just there's no end to it whereas right. something like i don't think of a comparable uh nerd but like some things are finite like there's only yeah. these many movies made or there's only these many books made but there's right. no limit in wrestling like you could go back decades you could go some really obscure indie promotion or right anywhere across the world and, so. and i can i kind of think of like researching wrestling i kind of compare that to researching um baseball history so i'm a big baseball fan so and i mm. at one point i was a member of saber which is the society of american baseball research so and they get really 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 in the weeds on stuff um okay so they they go back 
all the way to the beginnings of like the 1800s players wow. in the 1800s they 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 get they get in the weeds they get independent baseball you know all kinds of stuff so i kind of i kind of compare researching wrestling to that um but researching wrestling is much harder it seems um to find you know information and newspaper clippings on you know the further back you go because not a That's lot right, yeah you know, it wasn't covered a lot. So it was, you know, baseball was more of a mainstream sport, whereas wrestling was kind of more of a, a fringe thing. Well, I kind of compare it to that. It's like if there's something I want to, you know, research or dig up, you know, I have to start looking at newspaper sites and things like that. So it's kind of why, in terms of like researching wrestling, I kind of use that saber approach to it. And, um, oh, you know, awesome. when I, yeah. Yeah. And when I was with Saber, I was published two articles for them. So that was, that was fun. But, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, this, you know, do I really want to spend all day and night, you know, researching stuff for Saber? No, but was it fun? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm more interested yeah. in wrestling and, and researching wrestling history and kind of learning things about that. Well, maybe we can, we might be able to, to help each other out a little bit, depending on where our spots lie. Um, yeah. My first kind of draft of the list was basically five luchadors because mm-hmm. I think that's probably my biggest weak spot, especially older lucha like for the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. So then I thought that's not a great discussion to just list off luchadors. <laughs> right. So then I sort of made five guys who represent eras or regions their blind spots. So sort of like. Mm-hmm. Um, the reps, the, the the guys who carry the torch for those, um, and then I only had one honorable mention. Did you have any honorable honorable mentions? I did, and I'll and I'll say this before I get into them. Um, mm. You mentioned you were doing. I mentioned I worked. I looked at the, like entire spectrum. So my list is kind of varied. It'll have, you know, wrestlers. It'll have some promotions. It'll have some territories, and it might have you know a style or two of wrestling on it. So. Um, but okay. mentions. So I wanted to preface. I wanted to say that to preface my honorable mentions because um, my honorable mentions are southeastern and continental wrestling. So basically, the Knoxville territories from like the seventies and eighties. I know very little about that. All I know is like Ron Fuller ran it, and Les Thatcher was part of it. Um, that's about all I know about it. Mm. It's about it. I just want to know more about it. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know the major angles. I don't know who some of the major players were or things like that. So that's something I definitely want to dive more into and try to find fo- I'm sure there's footage on it in, on YouTube somewhere. I just haven't had to start digging into it. Yeah. I don't think WW network did when they were the real network. They didn't have any of that. Did they? No, I don't think they do either. Um, I don't think they bought any of that. Um, so, I'm pretty sure it's on some of that stuff's on YouTube. I just haven't had a chance to go digging for it. Um, but like yeah. I said, it's then something you have I want to put it in order yourself and and figure it out yourself. It's a little tougher than you know the, yeah. the network had a lot of um, WCCW on there and and things. Yeah, so easy to just pop in. But it sounds like you don't have to build your own library there. Yeah, uh, and then another one was. Um, all Japan after the Noah split. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, yeah. So I I know about all Japan, the four pillars of heaven, and all that sort. Of, once Noah split off from them, I'm like, they just kind of went. For me, they just kind of went poof. It's like I have no idea mm-hmm. 
what happened in all from ne- from then up until pretty much now. So they were pretty Have much. Have you then like, watched a lot of um, the early Noah then when Kobashi and Masao were there? Yeah, that's kind of what got me into Japanese wrestling was around Noah. Mm. So, um, but Great yeah, start. but and, and, and I know about yeah, I know about the Noah. I know about how Noah split off from all Japan and and all that sort of thing. But what happened to all Japan afterwards? It just I have no clue. So that's something yeah. I wanted to find out. There's definitely some good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, but trying try to like sift, find out what it is, and sift through all of it, it's just going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's it, like 20 years of matches and, and, and tapes and stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely something I want to try to find out and find out who some of the, like the, the stars were back then. I know Joe, Joe Doring, uh, well, he was with top guys back then to or in that time frame too. I think wasn't he? Um. So later on, like more recently, yeah, um, yeah, before um, his body kind of broke down, yeah, because I see because he's an impact now, so I, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of I recognize that name. So uh, then the last origin I have is the original Sheik. So I've oh. heard so much about him. He's such a mystery in terms of wrestling because he always kept kayfabe. Um, but I definitely want to learn more about him as a person. Um, and there is actually a book coming out on uh, on the sheik in the spring, so I, I definitely on my radar to oh, get and, and read through. So, yeah, you, so I'm you looking like forward that to that style when it comes out. That, that he, so, what about he, you? Do you like that style? He sort of I, made famous with the forks and the uh, you know yeah, cut people's head open and all that. Yes and no. I mean, it serves its purpose sometimes. Like if you have mm-hmm, a. Mm-hmm really fine feud or whatever yes but just for you know just for the heck of it not really um to me it's got that sort of thing has to have a purpose um like i can't go around watching nick gage slice people's heads set open you know every single day but if it's a match like the chris jericho match you had on dynamite um where it's you know right. it serves a purpose or the or the um same even the semi callahan kenny omega match where they use the pizza cutter i'm just like mm, i'm just to me, sometimes there's a <laughs> limit. If it's if it if <laughs> if it serves a purpose, then that's fine. Yeah, and I think in when the Sheik did it, um, it has it's timed well. Yeah, done well yeah. generally. Um, that would be that would be definitely a good a good one to dive into. Yeah. Um, my honorable mention, I, I put um, the amazing Red guy who okay yeah you hear his name thrown around a lot. A lot of people say, "Oh, he was he influ- influenced me so much." Um, and then I've only really seen like clips. Like I couldn't tell you a, a match or a rival or um, other than I know that he was like super athletic and like did a lot of high flying moves. I don't know like his moves and what yeah. Right, and he did some in TNA in the early years, um, and he was in Ring of Honor in the early years. So I think he did a match with Low Key in ROH. Uh, it was like sort some sort of, I, and I know it got really really popular when it happened. And, um, kind of like one of those early matches that kind of blew up the internet with like the whole Matrix style moves and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then he did some early stuff with like AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn there and 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 in, in TNA. So. Um, but that's about all I know. I know he made a comeback too recently. 
I think. Yeah, I've, I think I've been he was supposed that, to wrestle Malachi of, Black. That's why. Oh, <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah. yeah, there was an independent. Yeah, there was an independent show I think recently where he was supposed to wrestle Malachi Black, but I think one of them was sick, um, or was injured, or one of one of the. Oh. But they won the match. I forget which. I don't know which promotion it was for, but I just remember hearing about it somewhere. Well, I think he I, wrestled Will, a... Will Osprey a few years ago too. Oh, that would be right up that alley then. As far you know what I know of him, um, that's not really you know that's not really my favorite style of wrestling. But yeah, the way that people talk about it makes me think it's something worth um, examining and marveling at. Right for what it is. Right, no, I agree. And, yeah, and it's and it's 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 fun. It's entertaining, but you know, um, I think I think Amazing Red did wrestle Will Osprey. I want to say it was like 18, 2018 or twenty nineteen during like WrestleMania weekend somewhere. We'll we'll see make it was a like, note and take a peek. Uh, um, yeah, I want to say it was like one of those uh, Russell Pro Show or um, Russell Con shows somewhere. I'll put that on my very very long. Never ending watch list. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Things I would love to see. Um, so you're number five on your official list. Who, who, ma- who, or what made that? Um, PWG is my number five pick. Um, okay. So for me, it's for PWG. It's all about accessibility because um, PWG doesn't stream anything. They're all like a direct, still the direct video model. They do the live events and then they're pop right on DVD or Blu-ray within a few months. And for me, I just don't have the, you know, I really don't have the time or the money to go out and buy Blu-rays and stuff for PWG and watch Mm -hmm. the matches. So for me, it's about accessibility. Um, I know that like Young Bucks and Walter and all those sort of people came through PWG and Super Dragon and Excur. But beyond that, it's just like, Okay, what what are some of like the top PWG matches to to look to watch for? Oh, that's that's a good one. Um, and you're not exactly close to LA or the West Coast. No, so you couldn't I'm, just pop over. Yeah, quite far from the Globe Theater in LA. With they run. Now, I, I I do follow them on Twitter to kind of keep up with them recently. You know, recently, so I kind of have an idea of what's going on now. But um. But, like, you know, from years and years ago, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened. I mean, I know, like, they did... And PCO was in one of the Bad Los Angeles tournaments. I know that's their big tournament, but, um, you know, aside from that, like I said, I don't really know too much about them or any big matches that they did. Yeah, they, I mean, it's a, it's a company that got gets so much buzz when, they're, when they were hot. Um, yeah. And it hasn't been that case... Like COVID hit them really hard. They haven't done much of anything, as far as I know. Yeah, I think they ran two shows this year, maybe three. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and I know they're. I think they're bringing Bola back next year. They've already started announcing people for the 2022 Battle of Los Angeles on Twitter. So, like I said, I followed them on Twitter so I can kind of keep up with what. Mm-hmm. But um, just their history and everything, I have no clue even to where to start. Yeah, and like you said, it's an accessibility thing. Like, um, you can't hop in as easy as things that are on YouTube, things that um, have a streaming service. Be right. Great. I mean, if they could partner with someone else and 
put all their stuff together. Yeah, but. and I, well, I th- I think too that the the reason they don't stream, and I could be completely wrong on this, was is because they use from so many different places. So they have AEW people, they have Impact people, they have ROH people. Um, so there's probably has something to do with the fact they have people from so many different places that they're not they don't stream or they don't want to get into the like the hassles of of that sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. That could be my guess, but again, I could be completely wrong on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing your direction, I'm more positive that we're not going to have the same list. Um, <laughs> and I know this one may be more in your wheelhouse. My my number five is Dalton Castle. Someone who... Yeah. I, I know his look. Awesome. I know his gimmick, essentially, just from you know pictures yeah. and, and little clips. But then yeah. I thought, like, I don't know if I've seen a single of his matches. Um, really, I, I I follow Ring of Honor pretty well, and and have gone back and looked at the Danielson era, the the Kevin Steen, mm-hmm. Tyler Black, but later Ring of Honor, I've only popped in here and there when someone yeah suggests something. So I remember that he he was the the Ring of Honor champion. Right. right, yeah. He beat Cody at Final Battle. Uh, gosh, I want to I want to say it was 17, 2017? Mm. Or 2018? I can't remember off the top of my head. I have to go back and look. But I want to say it was 2017. Uh, he beat Cody for the world title. Um, I can't remember who he lost it to. Um, but he was just actually recently, on speaking of Final Battle, he defended, he was the TV champion uh, recently, and he, de- he lost the title at uh, final battle, which just happened yesterday, he dropped it to Rhett Titus. Oh, I in see. A yeah, I, I heard something about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he beat Dragon Lee on the TV show, and then held it for a couple weeks, and then lost it to Rhett Titus on the pay per view. Um, but as far as his matches, I, to be honest with you, there really haven't been any like super standout ones that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, when I've kind of dived back into Ring of Honor, I can I can tell you that his team with Joe Hendry before the pandemic was really fun. Um, okay. And actually, the Dragon Lee match he had on the TV recently was was actually pretty good too. Um, and he, and he's had some decent matches here and there. Um, the thing with Dalton Castle is I don't really get his. I know he's supposed to be like a flamboyant kind of character, but mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Um, now he was also in Chikara. Did you know that? No, and I. That's definitely a a. a... Area I don't know much about Chikara. Yeah, he was in Chikara as uh, smooth sailing Ashley Remington. So okay. I, I haven't nice seen. Name. I know I haven't seen much of his time in Chikara. Um, but I, when he popped up on ROH, is like he looks familiar. And I went back and I was like, oh wait, he was that guy, and he was the the sailboat guy in Chikara. <laughs> the smooth sailing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like okay. He's so putting this together. It's like okay, but yeah, he's had some. He's had some pretty good matches in ROH. I mean, there's like I said, the Dragon Lee match, the Cody match. Um, I had a match with Jay Lethal at the beginning of 2019 that was pretty good. Okay. Um, so you know, he's kind of kept around like the upper mid card of ROH. He's kind of pop- plopped in or popped in, plopped in, popped in whenever they need like a challenger for a title or something. He said, "I know he's had okay. lots of." back issues recently um as far as where he's going to go after you know since roh is kind of in you know 
on hiatus right now. Break. Yeah. Uh, that's anyone's guess. Yeah. Yeah, so I might see him. But he's someone like, where he goes. Yeah, he could. He, he might do like some indies. He might pop up, you know, and maybe an impact or someplace like that. I don't know, but, um, but I mean, there's like I said, there's a few matches on. He's done an ROH. I would definitely, you know, seek out. Okay. The Cody match we'll do, for sure. We'll That's do. kind of where he's he kind of made his name and he won the world title. Got under everybody's radar. Yeah, because I, I mean. I I think his like style is like you know pro wrestling one on one, yeah, hockey and fl- flashy and all these things. So yeah, definitely be curious. Um, so your number four, where'd you go for that one? Um, my number four with uh, was uh, Steve Doctor Death Williams. Okay, because um, like I've heard a lot about him, and I and I'll be honest, I've seen quite a few of his matches. But I never, to me, I never quite understood the appeal of Dr. Death. So that's what I'm still trying to find out. It's like why he was such, he was one of these people that always was hyped up everywhere he went. And it's like, I don't really get it. So I'm yeah. still trying to find that, that part of me. It's like, okay, that's why he was so hyped up. That's why he, you know, that's why it, it, he was in WCW. He was in WWF. You know, he was in all these different places. So I'm trying to <laughs> figure out. For me, it's like a personal thing. It's like I'm trying to figure out why Doctor Death was just so hyped up in so many places. Well, his I mean, his work in Japan is significantly better, I think, than the U.S. work. Um, yeah, but I think in part he, he like never reached. His full potential in in a sense, like he seemed like he was going to be like this massive, amazing star, and I don't think he quite reached that level. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I know him and Kobashi was a really great match. I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, that was on like a best of Kobashi set I had a while back and I have no idea what happened to that set. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know like a friend of mine borrowed it permanently. Um, so I, it's probably lost somewhere in time. Uh, but I've, I've, yeah, I've seen the match he had with Kobashi and I've seen like um, some of his matches from like the early nineties WCW mm-hmm. um, where he, I think there was a pay-per-view where he and, and Terry Gordy main evented with the Steiner brothers. Um, and I remember that being a good match. Oh, absolutely. The only other, that's like the kind of yeah, style only... that fits in perfectly. Throw each other around, yeah. bang, you know, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And then the only other really like stuff I've seen with Dr. Death was, um, when he was in the Herb Abrams UWF. So okay. he, you know, I saw the match he had against Bam Bam Bigelow there, which is probably like one of the best matches you're going to find from that promotion. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw like some of his WWF run, but that was, you know, he was in the brawl for all. That was the most notable thing I think he did. And he was JR's bodyguard for a while. And then he popped back up in WCW, uh, right at the tail end of WCW, like late 99 or early 2000. And then that's about all I know of Dr. Death. Yeah. Um, his, his all Japan stuff is the best stuff. WCW, okay. like a lot of that time period, I feel like 
a lot of the matches were short and just um especially on the undercard mm-hmm. like short burst and not meant to be these great epics it was you know just the way the card worked um in all japan he teamed with uh johnny ace okay and and fought a lot of the uh, the four pillar guys those were always okay. great did i mean they, as you they, imagine uh... Yeah, yeah, the four pillar guys are always good. I mean, I've never seen a bad match out of any of them, uh, hardly. Um, I want to say he teamed with Gordy in Japan as well, right? Miracle Violence Connection. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. And they, um, um, I'm pulling up now because I remember there was a match with him, Kawada, Kawada Masawa, Gordy, and Williams. Oh, here it is. Uh, the 91 Tag League. Okay. I'll have to go back and um, Kawada Masawa Williams Gordy. I'll have to go look that Quite up good. then. I mean, you can't go wrong yeah. with if Kobashi Masawa or, or Akiyama as well were, are in the ring with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's true. Hard to fail. It, that, that, that is true, yes. Very true. Okay, let me head to my number four is Eddie Gilbert, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Um, I remember okay. as a kid, like, you know, I read all the aftermags and would talk about promotions I didn't watch at the time. Mm-hmm. I watched, uh, I got tapes of WCW, NWA, WWF, and they'd be like talking about the South and talking about Memphis. And it just sounded really awesome. He sounded really awesome. Yeah. But all I'm, all I'm getting is just text at the time. So it's hard to get the full impression. Um, I've seen a little bit of his his feud with Jerry Lawler and like the the running running a man over with his car angle, but like <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen much of him in the ring. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't either. Um, I guess I I could put that on my honorable mentions list too, maybe. Uh, you know, put him on my list there for honorable mention. But yeah, I haven't seen too much of him. Uh, I mean, he, I know he was, he worked for like Mid-South. He worked for Memphis. He did a lot of stuff there. He was one of the early bookers for ECW too, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't seen too much of his like active work. Uh, I just know that he was more, he was pretty influential behind the scenes in certain areas. Yeah, and that Especially, always makes like, me interested a guy who does that goes on to do that. Like, what did they do while they're in the ring? Um, and, right. And see how that influence comes from that side too. All right. And I, and then I could be wrong on this, but I believe like pre ECW before ECW started, there was this motion called tri-state wrestling. Um, it was run by a guy named Joe Goodhart. And I think Eddie Gilbert was the booker, or if he wasn't the booker for it, he had a hand in the creative for it. So, and that's okay. kind of where ECW blossomed from was that tri-state wrestling. Um, and I think Eddie Gilbert kind of helped Eddie Gilbert and Todd Gordon, I think kind of helped get ECW going. And then there was this whole issue where Paul, with like Eddie, Todd Gordon, and then Paul Heyman was brought in and then they were off to the races. Yeah. And I, I caught up with ECW sort of later, uh, the Paul Heyman years. So, right. Less, yeah, less and then fun fact. Yeah, fun fact: Eddie Gilbert's brother was actually in the 1996 Royal Rumble. Uh, what's I know his name? It has nothing to do with Eddie Gil- Doug Gilbert. 
Oh, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like that there. Okay. Excellent. Um, so then he's, let's, I think oh, he, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that also, I know IWA Mid-South has done several like Eddie Gilbert tribute shows too, um, back in the, oh, right. in the late nineties. I think those, those were, those were some of like the first big indie shows, I think from IWA Mid-South or just some of the big indie shows in general, um, where they did, they brought people in from all these different, you know, promotions and territories and did a tribute show to Eddie Gilbert. And that's kind of like I the mean, first, a lot to explore there, first time then. I'd, yeah. And that's the kind of like the first time I'd heard of independent wrestling too, was, mm. was hearing about those. Excellent. Um, let's head to your number three. Who do you have? There? Um, okay. So my number three is someone that was on the, uh, ballot for the wrestling observer hall of fame. Uh, and someone I almost voted for, but when I was putting my list together, I didn't, I was like, I don't know enough about this person to actually cast a ballot for them. Mm, I see. Um, and that is big daddy over in the UK. So it's like, I want to vote for him because I've heard a lot of things about him, but I don't know. Anyway, that's what I've heard. I've heard things, but I haven't seen anything right. for myself. I don't know much about the person. I can't really vote for big daddy on the, you know, observer hall of fame. Um, and say, hey, this person was, you know, deserved reduction because I don't know much about them. And there was there were several people on the Observer Hall of Fame ballot that I could have actually put on my list. But I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna maybe pick one from that ballot and, and put it on my my list here. That makes sense. Yeah, Big Daddy's my yeah. my number three. Well, we are getting a Big Daddy article coming to Russell in next week. So I am looking forward to that. Steve's handling that. He's gonna educate some folks um yeah i don't know a ton about older uk wrestling um my next pick goes to that direction anyway but um yeah mm. big daddy's one i thought about too I, I i know the look i know he was important mm-hmm. but that's not a scene or time period that i've seen a ton of yeah yeah me either. i haven't seen anything from that in the era, so I, I know exactly nothing about UK wrestling from like the, the 70s. We have to so, have all of our um, our UK members of our crew, wrestling crew sit down with us and, and give us a nice education, world of yeah. sport and, and all. Yeah, and the only thing I know I think from that era is I think Johnny Saint was involved with, with some of it somewhere. But that's it. Um, that is, uh, oddly enough, the perfect transition for my number three. I put Johnny Saint. Oh, did you really? Um, yeah. <laughs> like you keep every like all these conversations he pops up. Like um as a wrestler, as like someone who was influential, as a trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's important to the history of wrestling. And I thought about it, I was like, I don't I don't know if I could tell what he looked like when he was a wrestler. I, I mean I know old you know, he looks like older now because he's been involved with um nxt and, and whatnot yeah. but uh and same thing with big daddy like yeah it's it's older and and we didn't get out of the the uk stuff and i haven't sought it out either i have i mean if i i imagine and you could find f- footage of all that but it's just not a direction that i've i've spent much time in right me either and then the the only matches i've ever seen of johnny saint were when uh, he like a tour of Kara. Um, I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. 
and he oh, was wow. uh, yeah he was teamed with Mike with uh, Mike Quackenbush. He was wrestling against Quackenbush. Um, he did some training uh, for the Shikara guys while he was there too. So um, I think he was part of a King of Trios tournament too. I want I I'm think pull so. I don't know. He may have gone back to the UK. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. Does John, Johnny um, Saint Johnny Saint and Chikara? I mean, that's that's kind of like a weird combination. Um, but I, I know he was like he was one of the people that um, Mike Quackenbush of Chikara really kind of admired and was. I think I think Johnny Saint trained Quack, um, and that's why he was brought into to Chikara for a little little brief run there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I pulled it up. He was in King King of Trios 2009, so it was yeah, him, okay. Jorge Rivera, and Mike Quackenbush. The that's right, yeah, Sky Eight Thousand Holds. Yeah, Sky Eight. I forgot he was there in Chikara as well. Mm-hmm. Who who was their opponent? Does it say? So first round they they fought Delirious Frightmare and Hallowicked, which is when I think of oh. Chikara. Those are the kind of folks I think of. Um, yeah, and then the second round that was. Well, go ahead. Yeah, Incoherence. They actually um, brought in Incoherence for ROH over the summer. That was really fun, seeing them wrestle Shane Taylor oh, and his guys. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this past... Oh. Yeah, this past brought in uh, mm. Frightmare, Hallowicked, and... Um, yeah, Frightmare, Hallowicked, and Delirious. Well, it looks like um, it, they beat Incoherence, Saint and Company, yeah. and then they went on to face... Uh, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanoli, and Dave Taylor in the quarterfinals. So that's something I'm putting that on my list. I'm, that sounds very intriguing. Oh my gosh, I I remember watching that show. I think I had the DVD of that somewhere. You did. I'm, <laughs> I'm gosh, I looked at my. If you really wish to look at it now. I've got some. I've got some DVDs in a, in a bin somewhere. I haven't looked through. I need to go find them and see what I've got. I might have that show. I don't remember. But anyway, um, yeah, Chikara back then that that 2009 2010 era uh, was really fun. But yeah, it was yeah seeing Johnny Saint in there was was really interesting. You know, that was the, yeah, that was my odd. first exposure. Yeah, you know, my first exposure to him was like, oh, okay, now I know who this guy is. Hmm. Well, I'll definitely head there. Um, your number two. Where did you go there? Um, so my number two, I went back to Ocean. Um, actually a territory this time. And my number two is a territory that people talk a lot about. And it's something I have seen very, very little of. And that would be Memphis wrestling. Okay. So, no, yeah, I know like the big things about Memphis, like Jerry Lawler, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Dundee, the Andy Kaufman angle. Um, I've seen a few matches from Memphis, like the, the Lawler and Terry Funk empty arena match. Match. Um, I think there was a um, Jerry Lawler Nick Bockwinkle match on a on a DVD that WWE put out somewhere, uh, and that's about the extent of Memphis wrestling that I've seen. Oh wow! So everything um, else for me is just like kind of a kind of a, a dark spot. I see. Yeah, I've definitely explored that because of how influential the promotion was, and you, you see that you see things done, and you're like. Oh, people copy that, you know, like yeah, like breaking tables and things. Like, yeah. I don't know if they were the first to do that, but um, I, I think that's who people were copying. Yeah. And you, you got to see Randy Savage 
a, a, a really young Randy Savage. Yeah. Um, a young Green Undertaker mm-hmm. when he was um, called something else. I forget what he was called remember, down there. But, yeah. um, he didn't look like anything. Oh, the other... Like he was going to do anything. You're like, no. Oh, who's this big guy? Who cares? No, the other thing I've seen from him is the concession brawl because everybody said you need to watch this so I watched it I'm mm-hmm. like, okay I get it and then I do remember hearing a story that Onita Atsushi Onita did at Sojourn in Memphis and when he came back that's how he kind of came up with the idea of FMW from all the from the concessions the brawl the, yeah. yeah all the wild stuff they did down there so I think that's kind of how he came up with FMW at least that's the story I've I've heard yeah well, that's definitely a project I would dive into. I ha- I've had to like do research for articles, and then, like, I did a thing on Jerry Lawler once, and Jerry Lawler's feud. So, <clears throat> doing that is essentially the history of Memphis wrestling because he was, yeah, he was the king, like literally, like the top guy for so long. Everybody went through him, and they have a lot of great stories. Like, um, the matches may not appeal to like. Maybe a newer fan or a modern fan, right? Not like work rate in the same way, but they're really great stories in the ring and great stories like to get to those matches, right? So, and then the other Memphis is the video library because I'm I'm very curious about all these like old territory promotions and who owns the video libraries to what promotions. Like I know WWE has Mid South and World Class and and Florida. Some of Stampede and all that sort of thing, but places like Memphis and Southeastern, like I mentioned earlier, and all these other like little kind of random territories is like where did the foot? You know, who owns the footage for those places? I've heard, yeah. I've read and heard conflicting like over the years, like who owns, you know, the Memphis Library? This this person owned part of it. This person's owns part of it. You know, mm. Jerry Lawler has some of it. Jimmy Jimmy Hart's got some. Jerry Jarrett's got a little bit, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So, to me, that's something I'd, I'd be curious about is like who who actually owns all of that footage, right? And, you know, where is it, and how does you know how does one get a hold of it, you know, or get it out there for for mass consumption? I think I've also some best of miss compilations like on Amazon Prime, which is really weird. So, like, if you have Prime Video. <laughs> yeah. and- if you just search wrestling and like these best these these random best of Memphis wrestling um, compilations come up and like this is so this is interesting so like like I'll just add to my watch list and eventually just eventually get around to it. Yeah, for sure. It would be it would be yeah, really like great. I, said, if I, don't, did, I don't. Um... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're going to say. That's the, the that's Memphis is just one of those territories I know absolutely next to zero about aside from like oh, some of the major mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying it would be nice to have someone kind of put the stories in order, and then here is the like Austin Idol, Jerry Lawler history. And mm-hmm. you just get that collection um, and go one by one. So yeah, we right. need to find It'll out be who, very convenient. who owns the rights so we can talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> get, it, get it situated. Get it out there. So maybe Russell Inn can buy the Memphis Library. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just another another like ten thousand more patrons, and we'll be there. Um, That's right. I I sort of did a promotion for number two in your, your 
direction, but I put someone who represents <laughs> that promotion for me in Carlos Colon. Like um, the oh, the whole Puerto oh. Rican um, side of wrestling history. I know, like, I kind of know the style. I've seen some stuff here and there. And it's like mm-hmm. brutal, there's blood and all this stuff. But like, I don't know if I've seen a Carlos Colon match. Obviously, his kids are like more accessible. They were right. WWE and like, you see all that, and their that whole family's talked up, but the whole Puerto Rican scene sounded so hot at its peak and and so interesting, mm-hmm. and I don't even know where to begin to like to dig that up and find that. Yeah, I I don't either, honestly. Um, my first exposure to Carlos Colon was when we would, when he had a cameo in the 1993 Royal Rumble. Um, believe it or not, uh, he was one of the later interests. He just kind of like was there to fill a spot and he wasn't in the match very long, but remember him, I remember watching the tape as a kid, him showing up in Gorilla Monsoon saying, look at this youngster. He's, he's ready for action. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? It's, and then weird, like, weird days. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like more along and then kind of, as I got into like watching stuff online became popular watched you know i was able to track see some of that i didn't see a lot of it um and i also had a friend who had some echo tapes um so i watched i borrowed some from him and you know watches like okay yeah this is interesting um fire mass and all that sort of thing um and i i know just like in general down in puerto rico bruiser brody was big down there um like in later years savio vega wrestled some down there um and I think Puerto Rico, oh, in Puerto Rico, or might have been another uh, like Latin American country where there was the infamous Ric Flair Jack Vanino match, where they had to they had to play like Jack Vanino won the NWA World Title, and because mm. if he lost, then there was going to be a giant riot in the stands, uh, and that 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 story is detailed really you know in, in Flair's book, so it was like a whole chapter devoted to it because it's such a crazy situation that happened down there but no back like back to carlos cologne like you said his, his kids are very accessible in terms of media um you know and trying to find footage on and, and like primo and epico and, and carlito um but yeah just carlos cologne's one of those people like he's it just kind of who is he yeah and a hall of famer um and like all the hall of fames mm-hmm. Uh, Vanino, you you mentioned him. He's from the Dominican Republic. Um, Dominican, but thank I you. Think, yes, thank I you. think the Caribbean, the Caribbean scene in general is um, is something that a lot of fans don't know. Um, I grew up in the Cayman Islands. Um, we, you know, oh, our really? history in school is very Caribbean based, <laughs> but like, so I, I feel like I should know the wrestling history down there, but. It is not. Um, it's definitely not my wheelhouse. Yeah, not like yeah and kind of, kind of speaking of the Caribbean, another place that I've heard has an interesting, you know, has interesting wrestling history is the Palmas. Uh, oh, like, that just, would like, be Wild yeah. crowds in general down there from like the seventies and eighties, just and just people going insane. So I, I think I heard a story one time of Ron Fuller. He told Wrestling in the Bahamas. I don't remember the exact details. 
but that's kind of where it's like oh wait there was wrestling in the bahamas like this sounds sounds very interesting i need to kind of dig into dig more into this yeah i didn't even find out some more stories from it because a lot of the islands are too small to really have a scene like you can't you know i i grew up in cayman it's like um probably like fifty thousand people you're not you're not gonna have a territory survive but the Bahamas much bigger, Puerto Rico much bigger, um, and mm-hmm. Dominican well as well. So you can and ha- and they have had some some yeah. thriving promotions. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, we're already... yeah like it's in Carlos. Con- no, oh, go sorry. ahead. We're, no, we're you're fine. Each other. Uh, we're already at one. I was just saying, I'm kind of surprised. Um, gone through four of each of our list this is and we're already at your yeah, one been a fun, yeah, it's been a fun conversation um and i can say probably for sure with this number one pick I, our lists m- may not overlap um but i'm just going in general with my number one pick um and it kind of feeds off what we were just talking about it's like the caribbean and, and latin america and all that and that would be lucha for me is my number one blind spot in wrestling i've seen some lucha like i've seen the i think everyone seen the triple a world uh, when worlds called show uh that had the eddie guerrero um art bar oh right uh, yeah i think everybody's seen that cage show. match yeah the, the, the paraguayo conan cage match um i think any i think pretty much every wrestling fan has seen that show because it's so easily accessible and the full show is up on youtube um but beyond that, I mean, I've seen bits of Lucha like here and there. I've seen like maybe like a match or two from a Triple Mania, and then maybe a match or two from like um, like a CMLL show. And I know the major promotions down there. I know Triple A. I you know I've heard of Triple A. I've heard of CMLL. Um, I know Bandito has a like an independent Lucha promotion down there. They just did a show over the summer, um, and that I have saved on youtube and i just need to watch it um but Mm -hmm. beyond that like i have no knowledge of lucha aside from like what people have talked up and some some of the big names like oh and mil mascaris and things like that um and and the luchadors from monday nitro oh i see yeah Yeah. you got a sampling have you seen any of the like cmll new japan like cross promotion shows, they used to do like one a year. Um, they bring some luchadors in. Um, I haven't then... seen any of those. Like I, I saw, I've seen some of the Ring of Honor CMLL shows from like 2019, um, when they brought in people. Oh gosh, I'm gonna think of these people now. Um, uh, Caristico and Volador, um, and Barbero Cavanario. Those are some of the people they brought in for like a tour in fall of 2019. Um, and they yeah. talked up the history between like Matt Taven and Volador Jr. on commentary. So they had a, and they did a title match between Matt Taven and Volador Jr. World an ROH title match. Um, and I know Roosh and Dragon Lee right. came from CMLL too. So and they yeah, they talked um, up some of the history. And uh, for the Matt Taven and Roosh World title match in the fall of nineteen, they talked up some of the history between the two. Um, like the hair match and things like that down there. Right. So, um, yeah, and then you made me think of like recent Ring of Honor has has definitely borrowed from Mexico just because 
WWE was raiding all of the talent. Um, mm-hmm. Every independent Americans, anybody with a pulse, like was was being hoarded. So then Pretty you much, saw yeah. Roosh, you saw Bandito. You know, they had to go to Mexico. Yeah. So so you can you can access it that way. But I'm yeah. definitely with you on the lucha. Like um, my number one is Mil Mascaras. I tried to okay. pick like so the most sw- famous who I knew the least about. Sort of an overlap there. Yeah, because I thought of just saying Lucha, but I do know Modern Lucha, I watch Triple um, Triple Mania kind of regularly. It's become a kind of a tradition because mm-hmm. it's, it's reliably one of the craziest even if it's even if you don't like some of the wrestling. Yeah. It's it's wild, it's nutty, it's like something dumb and amazing happens every every show. <laughs> um like you know, in Texas, you you walk around like the influence of older Lucha Libra is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you have shops that have like masks, you have murals on a taco place, um El Santo and Mil Marascas and Blue Demon, like you see that merch everywhere, mm-hmm. even though it wrestled like half a century ago. Um, so it feels a little weird right. not to know more, but like, I th- I think really that's like a majority of wrestling fans. Their blind spot is lucha. When you see list of like the best ever or favorites and this and that, it's usually like Japan and America, right? Dominate those lists. And then you're like, I know that there's some Mexican stuff should be there, but most people are not up on it. Right. And I, th- and I think, too, that is, I think it's and going, going back to PWG, it's a matter of accessibility for a lot of people because some of it's, you know, some of it's on YouTube, yes, but some of it, like some of the old classic stuff, you may not know where to find it. Um, yeah. I know if you, on Twitter, there's a, the, um, at Lucha Blog, he's kind of put together like a Google Drive of like some of the biggest matches and some of the um, you know biggest recently. So that might be a place to start for some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you see somebody like kind of going back and using the Ring of Honor example, like when I was watching those shows, they brought in the CMLL guys. Um, I was like, okay, these guys look interesting. I kind of want to go back and watch some more of their matches. But where do I go to find them? Like CML, yeah, I don't really think has a YouTube channel, and if they do, I don't know if they put full shows on there. Do they put full matches? It's just clips. Um, I was like, I I have no idea where to dive into this this crazy world of lucha. Yeah, I, I uh, same same here. And then some of the stuff you do find is like really low quality, like the older stuff. It's just like a fan cam or like you know like really bad footage. Yeah, uh, and it's hard. It's harder to get into it. Some grainy, like, you know, VHS I feel like <laughs> recorder. Some, right. I feel like someone needs to, like, uh, send the bad signal up for Mike Tanay because he was like, always the, the Lucha expert on Monday Nitro and be like, hey, <laughs> come, come educate us about Lucha. Tell us, tell us everything. Yeah, maybe, maybe Karen but, will have him on uh, for a drink at the end. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But there are um, people, like you said, on Twitter who kind of um, represent that world. Like Cubs fan is always um, right, always promoting it and like trying to keep keep that like 
connection to to lucha from the US yeah. to to there so and and some of the major yeah and some of the major news sites do like like post wrestle them they they cover the major lucha shows they cover triple mania um and you know th- those assort do- those accompanying shows like i think there's just like a triple mania show a week or so ago as re- as we record this um for the vacant mega title um and yeah they cover like they one. cover like yeah I, I mean i didn't watch it. i heard about it i kind of went back and read the results and everything um because mm-hmm. i was i was curious like okay who's gonna win this vacant title and i know there was i know there was the ftr and and and, and uh, Lucha Brothers match on it. So those were the two things I was in. Just I wanted to find out who won. Um, but for me, like Lucha, you know, I first saw first saw Lucha Doors on Monday Nitro. Um, WWF kind of got into the the Lucha thing. They had a um, AAA showcase match at the '97 Rumble. Um, it was I know Paraguayo was in the match. Hector Gar and Kinect were all in the match. I can't remember who some of the other particulars were, but it was only like an Look eight up. or ten minute match. Yeah. Um, so I remember that, and then they had then WWF started the Super Astros show, which I never saw. But I remember them bringing in people like Super Crazy and things like that for that show. Um, and then they tried the the light heavyweight tournament. Um, but WCW, I mean, they they were the ones who kind of introduced me to like some of the luchadors, like Psychosis and uh, La Parca. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, you know, Rey Mysterio, Super Calo, um, El Dandy, people like that. Okay, I'm pulling it up now. I see the '97 Lucha like showcase. It had Hector Garza, El Canek, uh, Perry Agallo versus Heavy Metal Jerry Estrada. And Fuera Guerrera. That's uh, right, yeah. It's, it's just a different world. Um, Vince is so shut off now. Like, he, he brought in Mil Mascaras. He brought in Carlos Colon um, mm-hmm. for the Royal Rumble. Like, he just doesn't... That doesn't happen No, and if you There's if, not if that you, overlap. And if you look at that 97 Rumble, if you look at the list of entrants in that Rumble match, there's like eight or ten AAA guys in that match. Just like Latin Pier- lover, I, oh, Latin lover, Pierroth. Um, I think uh, I, I think there were a few others. Oh, that's when Mil Mascaras was there. Yeah, I Mil it was earlier, ninety-seven. I guess I just I'm just old. <laughs> I guess it, yeah. it felt like a longer time ago, but like, um, yeah, that was just that that shows just that's just a really weird show. That ninety-seven Rumble. Um, just because they have so much like AAA talent on there, and so they were kind of like in a down period. It's like I guess for them, it was just like okay, let's try something new. Uh, and then right. one of my speaking of Hector Garza, he was in that match. And then you go to WCW like six months later. One of my favorite lucha matches from ever from WCW um, was from Bash at the Beach '97. That I I can well, I can I've seen that match mm-hmm. hundreds of times uh, and. That match never gets old to me. Um, gosh, who was in that match? You can probably look it up. Or I I don't know if you I, I am. can look it up real quick. Okay, always, Bash at, Bash at, in the Bash age at the of Beach internet. 97. Excellent. Here it is. Um, okay. Juice. Hector Garza, Juice, Lismar no. Jr. 
They were against La Parca, Psychosis, Milano 4. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, that's I don't remember right. that at all. That is a fantastic match. But that that's one I would definitely recommend, like, anybody. That's probably a good jumping-off point for Lucha now that we think about it. Um, you get six guys match. To, to expose yourself to. Yeah, and then, like, the referee in the match is Mark Curtis, uh, Brian Hildebrand. And he his reactions yeah. to things in that match just make it that much that much better. Like, his facial oh, yeah, reactions sure. when people are just diving all over the place. He's just like in awe of these people, of these wrestlers. And then Mike Tenay is on commentary, just like, you know, explaining, trying to explain everything in a nice civil manner, but, the, but yet there's chaos going on in front of him. It, it's, it's completely crazy, but it's one of my favorite WCW Lucha matches ever. Excellent. It's definitely added to my list. I, I either don't remember or didn't see it, but um, no memory of that at all, which is kind of nuts. <laughs> To think about. Yeah. Um, looking back at our list here, you went with Wrestling Gorilla, Dr. Death, Big Daddy, mm-hmm. Memphis, and then Lucha. I went yeah. Dalton Castle, Eddie Gilbert, Johnny Saint, Carlos Colon, and Mil Mascaras. And I was totally wrong. I, I Hence, I get predictions wrong style here. Um, we did overlap. Like, Lucha Libre was our number yeah. one. And then our both number three was like older British world of sport wrestling. Yeah. So I guess so, we did kind of overlap a little bit then. <laughs> I've thought for sure you would say Joshi in general or or someone um, specific Joshi wise. And I was, well, that was did ready cross to, my mind. Ready but, to talk. <laughs> but like like, min, like min, Minami Toyota did cross my mind. Maybe that's something okay. that we could do like a, a Noob Japan podcast on. Let's, let's plant the seed right now for that. Maybe we can mm-hmm. have have a return here and we can do a Noob Japan podcast and talk about Minami Toyota. Yeah, because um, Toyota definitely in my top five of wrestlers ever. Yeah. Uh, when I, you know, or just about Joshi in general. Yeah, or, yeah, Joshi in general, or even like just like all Japan women's. You know, where's a good place to start on that? Things oh. like that. So yeah, I think I mean there's a lot to dive in there. There's yeah, there's a ton. Yeah, I mean I I started my like Japanese foray with the all Japan like Kobashi and Misawa, and then once I discovered <clears> the women, I was like, this is leagues above what I had seen in America. Like, American right. women's wrestling was nowhere near what they these guys were right. doing. Right, and, you- and it's Still, some of the best stuff ever. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, the little bit I've seen of it is just like this is amazing. Well, definitely, we'll 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 put that on the on the wish list of of Noob Japan episodes because um, would love to just yeah. just um, gush about Toyota. Put that on the radar. Then we'll we'll see if we can set that up here soon. But this has been fun. Oh, excellent. Um, glad to have you on, man, Adam. Uh, any plugs or where people can fi- find you and your work? Uh, so, obviously, you can find my work at the end. Um, you know, I've written about you know, Ring of Honor. I've written um, an article about 50s wrestling in, in Cincinnati. It's kind of a niche article, but it's actually one of the favorite ones I've done. 
Um, oh, right. And then, you know, th- I've done some interviews for the site as well. You can catch me on Twitter at uh, WrestleWriter84. Um, that handle may, may or may not change. I'm still debating it. Um, but yeah, as of right now, it's at WrestleWriter84. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me online. I'd recommend your interview with Les Thatcher to everyone. That's on um, the Wrestling YouTube page. Um, a guy who's done everything in the business, and you guys cover a ton of stuff there. Well, th- thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Um, and then on my side, things to, to find my work, I am at Ryan Dilbert, just my first and last name, at Twitter, us on Twitter, and then... My website is also just my first and last name, ryandilbert.com. Links to some of my published short stories, some wrestling columns, information about some books I have out there, and then um, some stuff coming out on WrestleIn, either podcast form or features. We're a growing site. Things are things are happening. Um, it's like to be a part of it. Yeah, me too. This is, you know, I'm, I'm super happy to be a part of this team here on, here on the end. And then good things are happening for the site. So hope we can keep with the hope we can keep the momentum going. Definitely for sure. Um, well, thanks again, Adam. You're good welcome. To talk to you. And uh, yeah, everyone else. Uh, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.